It is Earth Day. Did you realize how big of a of a holiday Earth Day is? This is this is the day that you put one plate at a time in your dishwasher and wash it. One plate at a time. Don't care if it takes you all day. You make sure that dishwasher does not stop today. Every time you walk past the toilet, you flush it. If you got a pile of tires, I'd go burn it. If you have emissions shit on your car or truck or tractor, you delete it. I mean, you get rid of it all today. It is Earth Day. It is time to celebrate. Of course, it's time to celebrate. This is the Bushels and Barrels program. I'm Ryan Peter. Alongside me is my beautiful wife. Say hello, Jessica. Hello, Jessica. Are you ready to party on Earth Day? <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's celebrate. Celebrate <laughs> good times. Come on. Oh, where's your Where's your uh, music clip? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I did. She, I, you know, I, I should have uploaded Celebrate Good Times just for that right there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you guys oh, have man. too much fun with this Earth Day stuff. Oh, I know. I know. Ever since last year when Tony said, he just wants to offset the offsetters i just mm-hmm. it cracked me up i was like i yeah. love it <laughs> you know another reason i'm in a good mood why <laughs> like a fantastic mood oh tell yesterday me yesterday was the first day so far in 2022 where the wind wasn't blowing 500 miles an hour yes although it wasn't completely sunny outside it was still like 72 75 I didn't have to have a sweatshirt on. I was in a white mm. t-shirt. Yeah, that's right. That was nice. It is nice out. So, no, farming update, uh, it's still really wet, so yep, farming update's over. <laughs> so, nobody's doing shit around here. <laughs> yeah, you guys are itching to get in the field. I, You know, in all honesty, I'm thinking about 2019, and in 2019, it was super wet. I didn't plant my first bean until May the 18th. I didn't plant my first corn till June the 3rd. That's incredibly late. Mm-hmm. But the difference was in 2019, in April, we did have a couple day window where I could get out in the field with my sprayer and spray burn down. Mm-hmm. We haven't had that this year. What does spray burn down mean? Spray burn down chemicals and all the weeds that are growing out in the field oh. right now that we don't want, kill them. Are you spraying Roundup? Well, yeah. Okay. Oh, I got my PPP on, <laughs> PPE on. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But no, in a way, it's. It's kind of wetter than 19. Now, it, things could change quickly, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not worried yet. You uh, know, it blew so hard the this past month up here on our little hill. It blew so hard. It, like, ripped our flagpole rope. I know. And now our 50-foot flagpole doesn't have a flag on it because the rope is broken. Yeah. And it's really sad. I, the way that, and you guys email us <laughs> bushelsandbarrels1 at gmail.com if you have a brilliant way to fix that. The only yeah. way I can think to get that rope back up there at the top of that pulley is going to be a man lift. A man lift. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I don't know how you would ever, that or somebody's going to have to shimmy up the pole. I honestly thought about putting on some rubber gloves, some rubber like knee knee pads, and then some rubber shoes and climbing up it. Because that's, Make sure when you do that. That's how bad I, I know want you're it doing it. <laughs> that will make a hell of a TikTok. You're going to get a trampoline for oh, me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just in case. No, I'm going to make damn fun of you. <laughs> will you break my fall? That's all I want to know. I'll, I'll do my best. No. <laughs> Depends we on need how you far away working. from the pole is whenever I'm videoing you. <laughs> it's okay if I like fall off of it because you don't lose anything but like clean laundry. <laughs> <But> <laughs> supper. I lose a oh, lot dude. of supper. Oh, that's funny. 
No, I yeah, we have to wait for a man lift or a sky lift, whatever it is, yes. to, to get that fixed. So darn it. I hate it. So if you drive by and you don't see our flag, that's why the rope is broken. Yeah, we'll get it back up, though. <laughs> yeah. I'm dealing with a hoarse voice for the second week in a row because gentle parenting doesn't always work with our three-year-old. Oh, you're saying you and had to yell? <laughs> I call it. I Thank call God it, it wasn't me. Oh, my gosh. Well, sometimes like saying, you know what, honey, it's time to stay in bed. It's time to go to sleep and you're not going to get out of bed, right? So that doesn't work all the time with Alden. Um, what I have to do is I have to get my mom devil voice out, and that sounds awful. Can we hear just a little <laughs> no, clip of it right now? No, I'm afraid I'll lose my voice for another week. <laughs> but I'm telling you what, I had to get down and like <laughs> at him yeah, because I, because he does not listen. But if I get my mom devil voice out, like Jess has never me. yelled at me with her mom yelled. <laughs> And no. I've done some really stupid stuff <laughs> in the past seven, eight years we've been together. But yeah. she's never got her devil mom or devil wife yeah. voice out at me. No. You hear it going towards Alden, you know you never want it coming at you. <laughs> it's bad. It is bad. But, I mean, he's serious. Like, he takes me serious whenever yeah. I do that. I mean, he takes me serious most of the time. But, like, whenever I get that voice out because I'm tired of repeating myself or I'm tired of disciplining over and over and nothing happening like he knows i mean business right so i try to i really try to not over promise with him and like if if mommy's says spanking that means spanking it doesn't mean keep on going so anyways right. i'm dealing with that <laughs> for the two weeks now <laughs> i'm like oh, when's it coming back but that's okay anyway we do have some shout outs. We have quite a few shout outs. Awesome. Let's yeah. hear them. Okay, I'm going to run through them real fast. Let's do it. Aaron is a farmer in Iowa. Renee wants to know who cleans the litter boxes out at the schools, um, <laughs> which is a great question. <laughs> Andrew, Can you imagine if you are no. a janitor at a school and suddenly a, a litter box shows up and then you and then. You know so, who needs to clean those out are the parents that send those kids to school in their furries. Outfit. Damn right. But you know, I'm sitting here thinking a kid. A, a, are there dog collars? Yeah, that's true. The I'm parent sorry. does need to clean those the out. The parent needs to take you responsibility. Stupid, you stupid people. Yeah. If you're going to let your kid act like this, you can clean up their mess. Here's the other thing. Yeah. Real quick. I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt. That's okay. Uh, the litter box. Mm -hmm. You have this child that identifies as a cat and uses the litter box. Does the child cover it up? Like a cat does? Ryan, I have no idea. And that'd be a big turd this, compared to a cat turd. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. Like, it is absolutely ridiculous. But these are things that need to be discussed. I don't... <laughs> it's real life. It makes my throat get tight. It makes me want to throw up because it's just outrageous. That'd probably hurt your voice again, too. Yeah. I should probably stop talking about furries and All right. boxes. <laughs> Go on. Andrew from Bloomington, Indiana. Dan was pretty, pretty upset about Big Brother paying attention to his podcast, I guess the context in it, because he sends in an email talking about, we were talking about FlightAware, the app and the the actual website you could go to and trace down planes and stuff. Yes. That next day he opened up Facebook and there was a, um, there was a ad for the FlightAware app on his Facebook. So he's like, oh, you are always being listened to. Yes, always. Yeah. So, um, and we actually did this last night where we were talking about ladders on purpose to see yeah. what kind of ladder advertisement you're going to see. So far, I haven't seen one, but I mm -hmm. need to, and since my phone is sitting here, I still it's need early. a ladder. 
Oh. <laughs> I still need a ladder. Just a, an aluminum ladder. But not a wooden one. Not a wooden ladder, yeah. not a steel. I, an aluminum ladder aluminum. to get on my spray trailer. And how tall is it? Now watch. I bet, okay. you, I bet you now I'll have sprayers come up instead of ladders <laughs> on my phone. Everybody's going to have ladders and sprayers and now right. fly to wear apps yeah, on their no shit. Not only am I talking apps. to my phone, I'm talking yep. to yours. Yep. Mm-hmm. So um, Joshua also reached out again. Ryan and Jessica from Nebraska, they had some some great comments. We appreciate you guys. Um, Justin from Knoxville, Maryland. John from Central Kentucky. Kyle's reached out a few times. Um, Todd uh, was interested. He's over from Albion. He he wants a T-shirt, so we're, we we got to work on that. We've got to yeah. figure out a, a better game plan than what I've got going I on. I think so. we just need to buy the equipment to do it. Oh, that's a, that Okay. Well, I, I honestly, I do. Yeah, that's an investment. But, well, um, but I think that once we buy something like that uh-huh. and people know that we've got it, uh-huh. I on the side, that'd be a good little business gig. Sure, sure. You yeah, know? if we can keep prices down for everybody, because that's sure. the point of it. We're not. I'm not in it to really. Oh, it's all about know. profit for me. <laughs> yeah, Samantha. Capitalist pig. <laughs> Gosh, Samantha, um, she reached out via email. She said she was a new mom. Her husband got hooked on to or introduced her to the to the show. And um, she said whenever she was on maternity leave that she started listening in. So that was that was great. I I emailed her back. And um, that's just awesome. You're doing a great job. Congratulations on the new baby. Yes, you're doing a great job as a new mom. A lot of a lot of new moms don't hear that enough. So you're doing a great job, Samantha. Um, Steven works uh, in the Bakken. Sweet. He, yep. He had some some great points in his. Uh, Ryan from Northern Indiana had a question about gay marriage and where the church should stand on that and the pastors. And that's a very that's a good that's question. A, that's a good question. I don't know that we're prepared to answer that right now. I have um, I have thought and thought and thought about that. You know, he uh-huh. he emailed that I think two or three weeks ago. Yeah. And it, it's a great question, and it's one that's not going to be easy to answer. I'm sure that I'm going to piss some people off with the way I think. But if I have a gay friend who's getting married, let's just say I got a gay friend who's a man, he's getting married to another man. I, the Bible says marriage is between a man and a woman, right? Mm -hmm. I got, once again, as we, as we go through with this, I have nothing against anybody who chooses to be a gay, so long as they don't try to push it off on me or my family. Mm-hmm. So if they want to have a celebration, in my opinion, I think I would go to the celebration. I, it, sitting in my heart, would not look at it as a marriage. It's, uh, yeah, we agree to be friends or the rest of our lives. Uh, we cannot procreate because it takes mm-hmm. a woman. You know, mm-hmm. takes a man and a woman. That's just that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. That's truth. You know, we talked about that last week. Truth. Yeah. yeah. I believe that I would go and celebrate because I love them and they're my friend. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I want to be there for my friend as a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I would expect them to come to my wedding as I marry Jessica, mm-hmm. even though they don't necessarily think about a man and a woman Mm -hmm. so i think i would go i'd drink beer with them have a great time i would never teach my kids to do that so in in my and that's a great point too that's a hard that's hard because i i would not be able to um take alden 
if we go as a couple to this to this wedding that you're talking about, this yeah, okay, I, yes, I agree with that too. Because because I cannot explain to a three year old or even a four year old as he gets closer to his birthday, I I can't explain to him. Well, mommy, why is why is there a man and a man? Where's where's the mommy at? I can't explain that to him. It's not. Right. It's my choice of when I want to introduce that to him. And I mean, the world is coming at him ninety to nothing. All the oh, time. all the time. And, you know, we talked even whenever he was an infant, you know, what happens whenever Alden has a friend who's got a mom and a mom and they want to have a sleepover like that, that would be, but that is, that is today, you know, to explain that to, um, a kid is, is very, is very hard. Like, because, well, and we shouldn't have to, you're exactly right. Because you and I are raising him as, you know, there's a mom and a dad in, in the home. Yes. Mommy and a daddy, and that's male and a female. There's a man and a woman, and there's a reason for that. You know, whenever <laughs> um, some people take showers with their children and whenever they're younger, you know, because they don't know any difference. And whenever they start to notice changes or the difference between mommy and daddy, that's when you're like, okay, maybe you should probably stop taking, you know, a shower. <laughs> sure. But, but in life, you know, it's real life. People, people do that. And um, if you don't have kids, then you don't know what I'm talking about. But if if you do that, then they, they notice things, things are different with mommy and daddy between mommy and daddy, you know? Right. So, well, so. you know, not even talking about physically, which, uh -huh. which is what you're talking about. Right. Daddy has different parts than mommy. Yes. Even when it comes down to just the, to the social dynamic of a household, daddy has certain duties he's expected to do. Mm -hmm. Mommy has certain duties she's expected to do. And I know that's going to piss off liberals just by me saying that <laughs> but you know what liberals gf don't care mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is is and it, <laughs> jess makes fun of me all the time the trash is full you're walking right <laughs> past it gender rolls <laughs> take the trash out yeah you know and most of the time well some of the time you do i would say half the time you do <laughs> sure but i'm not a cook either right. i never cook right in my opinion and in the home that i grew up in as a child and it's nothing degrading towards women by saying this right the women cooked yeah the men was the hunters and gatherers the women prepared so, the meal yeah yeah. I mean, in all honesty, that's just the way it is. The way it's that's the way I was raised. Mm -hmm. Now, if if you're a man and you cook for your for your family because you like cooking, awesome. Some of the some of the best steaks I have ever eaten in my life were made by men. Mm. You know, watch it, watch it. <laughs> I'm I said some of them, not the best. <laughs> the best is yours. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, it's not what you but, said about those mashed taters. I, I don't know. I I am so sick of this. <laughs> gender war shit yeah of a woman can do everything a man can do no she can't no. and a man can't do everything a woman can do like carry a baby oh, like multitask oh yeah that's true i cannot multitask <laughs> i'll be the first to tell you guys i can't do it yeah a woman can she can do three things at once i have to do one mm -hmm. thing at a time if you want it done good you know when growing in our marriage sometimes you try to read my facial expressions and try to figure out what I'm thinking. And you'll say, well, why did you make that face? And I'll say, well, we're talking about this subject, but I'm, I've got five other things on my mind. And maybe I'm not giving you the attention that I need to be giving you at that time, but, but it's because I'm thinking about 10 other things or five other things or two other things. And my mind is going in different areas. Well, and I'm planning constantly, whether I'm planning out my week, I'm planning out my day, I'm planning hour by hour because I've got to be on a schedule. 
um, our family has to be on a schedule because that's how we function. That's right. how we, <laughs> but if I, if, that's how if, we roll. If, if I'm engulfed in one thing or which is all I can be engulfed in at a time, generally, <laughs> if I'm engulfed in something and you try to get my attention, what's my reaction? You don't, you nothing. Don't, yeah. <laughs> like nothing. Like you just as well talk to a fence post because <laughs> right. I'm reading that text or I'm yeah. reading that article or I'm uh, really paying attention and focused to this radio program or TV program or, yeah. you know, doing math, to see if we can make money at oil and farming and things like that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen somebody focused the way that you do. You and my dad, and I compare you to my dad a lot and maybe that's why I married you. I don't know because I, because my dad is a great example of a, of a man and, and uh, leadership and family, but um, you guys have focus like I've never seen really? before. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'll be damned. So that's, that's very, you, when you were focused, you were like dug in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, when we sit down and we do this podcast every Friday, uh-huh. sometimes Saturday. Yeah. If I'm distracted at all, I mean, if, if we're sitting in here and I look out the window and a tractor and a field cultivator is going down the road, mm-hmm. if I even remotely try to figure out where they're going, whose it is, anything like I lose my train of thought, <laughs> it all gets edited out. Don't get me wrong. You guys would never hear it. Maybe I'll yeah. leave it in next time it happens. <laughs> but I, I've just... I cannot do two things at once. I can't watch no. that tractor go down the road and then talk about global warming. Mm-hmm. I just can't mm-hmm. do it. Right, right. It's it's um so so that they those emails they pose some qu- good questions. Oh, and, and you guys' emails are the best, mm-hmm. and they're from coast to coast, all the way around the world. Yeah. They're awesome. You know, there's a lot of Midwesterners that listen in, and that's great, and I appreciate them. Uh, but I'm Midwest heavy because I think that's where the heart of America is, and hard workers live in each and every state. And uh, I, oh, it's just you, great to hear. It's you just know what's great awesome. Plus, with these emails, uh-huh. it just goes to show: no matter whether your state is blue. And it sucks like Illinois or New York, (laughs) California. We've got emails from all three of those states, obviously. There are just great people in every single state. There are. Mm -hmm. Some of, in some states, we're outnumbered. You know, we're outnumbered by a bunch of lazy assholes who are entitled to everything that we earn. And it's unfair that we have what we have. But there's just great people all over the United States. I mean, mm-hmm. our best days, I'm convinced, are still ahead of us. I've got a couple stories here that we'll get into later mm-hmm. about, I just, I th- I think this boat, which is a very large boat, is turning. Oh, I think it's turning. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. So I wanted to, um, during my, in my morning time, because giving, giving an update on my New Year's resolution, I have become a morning person. Okay. And I used to not be like, I could sleep in until nine o'clock and I would, I could function that way. Not anymore. I am not doing, I'm not going back to that way of life. Okay. (laughs) I'm not doing it. I enjoy it too much. My alone time in the morning is, it's just wonderful. That is the difference between a happy wife and an unhappy wife. (laughs) Is that hour. I'm telling you in the morning. Listen, when you start getting up at 530 with me or like only give me 15 minutes, (laughs) I'm going to have to move that clock forward and get up super early. But um, no, it's wonderful. I wrote some notes down earlier this week because some things just came to mind and I wanted to share them with you. Um, Basically, the reason why we're doing this podcast, the whole 
the whole purpose of it, the premise of it, what we stand for and why, why we think it's important to just speak truth and use this platform. Yeah. So the floor is yours. Go for it. Okay. I'm going to read and we all know what happens when I read. I kind of, <laughs> I really have to focus, but I'm going to. <laughs> okay. So I want to give a shout out to, these are just, I'm reading just my notes from, from earlier this week in my, in my prayer time, my alone time and thinking about the podcast. So you ready? All right. I want to give a shout out to Jesus. Thank you to everyone who says, I love that you're real and you guys talk about God on your show. I really don't know if people understand the importance of standing for truth. What the Bible says and the times that we live in today is very significant. What an extraordinary time we are living in. Can you... uh, If you just think about that statement, oh my goodness, we live in extraordinary times. Um, I am coming into the spring season with a newly found boldness, finding my voice and sharing real life with people we don't know. Sometimes it may seem hard, hard to be a loud and proud Christian. And honestly, we are judged by our friends and our family and the ones who are closest to us. And we know we'd be judged, but as long as we're spitting truth, to our audience, using our voices and platforms to stand for life and standing for God, family, and country, I believe will be blessed. Never have I spoken so much about Jesus in my life to a group of people. The peace and thoughts God gives me throughout the week to share with our audience is so cool. Right now, we are pre-gaming to planting season, and um, the planting season is upon us. Ryan and other farmers are itching to get out into the field, and sometimes Ryan seems anxious. So I ask if he has prayed <laughs> about the weather so that he could get out in the field. <laughs> sometimes we get so busy and we forget to get to pray. But when we do, God's answers are yes and amen. And that is a verse that I uh, did not look up, but it is. His answers are yes and amen. So when Alden starts acting like he's getting a cold, we pray together. I want him to be confident in prayer, knowing that at any given time of the day, any day of the week, it is okay to pray. It is not weird. It is not silly. It's healthy to have a relationship with our God. Our God sacrificed his son so that we could experience forgiveness and grace on this earth. When we pray, he hears us. How? How does he hear us? Because our God is supernatural. This past Easter, I witnessed um, 19 people get baptized in livestock feeding troughs or water troughs. They may have been in prison, but they were normal people. They wrote on a rock the sins that they carried with them. They haunted them through their life. When they stepped into the trough, they had their rock. They went under the water and the rock stayed in the water. The look on their faces. I, I'm telling you, I had a front row seat to this baptism, to the 19 baptisms. It was awesome. Um, but the look and the facial expressions had changed immediately as they came out of the water. Only our God can do that. Only he can take away their anxiety, guilt, and their past. And they don't have to experience that anymore. Our God did that, and our God does that. My point is, is if you're having a hard time speaking about your faith out loud, you're not the only one. What I did is I asked God to give me courage and boldness. I give glory to God for all of our blessings. I sing his praises throughout the week. It didn't happen overnight for me. I didn't gain boldness overnight, but it happened quick. And I'm still, I'm still gaining that boldness, so that's awesome. 
If we can't talk about our faith now and on this platform, when will we talk about it? This is real life. This is Ryan and I. This is us. This hasn't been easy, and it isn't easy at first. The left and the globalists can talk, have their conferences and summits every day. The LGBTQ movement can and are allowed to talk. They have no problem pushing their thoughts in offensive ideologies. And I really believe as Christians, we have been too quiet, too loving, too nice to not push back and stand up. And this is our way of standing up for Jesus in life and truth. Fantastic. So that's, those are my notes. And I agree. I, I agree. As Christians, you know, we, we are taught to, to try to get along with everyone, to try to keep peace and, and have good, nice lives and, and be friends. Don't be enemies. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Whenever you have all the shit getting shoved down our throat on a daily, hourly, down to the minute basis, mm-hmm. somebody's got to stand up and say, enough is enough. Right. I, you know, I don't want to impose any physical harm on you, but I want to destroy you ideologically because mm-hmm. you are wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's time that I feel like good people, it's time for good people to start standing up and doing things. Yeah. yeah. You know, the way that tyranny takes over is whenever good people stand back and do nothing. Absolutely. And nothing. just let, let the media railroad them. Mm-hmm. Let let all these woke and social justice warriors just rail on them mm-hmm. just to keep peace. Because we're afraid if we say something, we're going to offend somebody. Well, they sure in the hell aren't afraid of offending you. You're exactly right. And that is such a fantastic point. That's a point that is not made yeah. very often. Yeah. So, no, great, great line there. You did a good job reading. Well, thanks. Yeah, I wrote that this week. I just, I just felt like I needed to write down my, my thoughts and and struggles because it's hard. Because people listen to this, and it's like you know our neighbors listen to this, or our family members listen to this, and they're like, oh well, I don't agree with that. That's okay that you don't agree with something that we have to say. That's fine. If you think you can do a better job at a podcast or putting voice out there, then do it. Go for it. We well, are- hell, or just send us an email and say, hey, we don't agree with what you said yeah. right there. We can be friends. Yeah, it doesn't mean that, that I don't like you. Right, there's nothing wrong with that. But um, but just to to be fearful because you're not being politically correct is is a way that I've been trained in you know higher education to just be quiet. Oh, that college <laughs> shit. Yes, that load of shit called college. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I, you know, I got to thinking about this this past week. We talked about my uh, loathing were, of were, college. You were thinking. I was thinking as I was driving my semi <laughs> hauling $17 beans. Oh, man. Real fun. Oh, man. Is that a real thing? $17? There is a reason that Biden wants to forgive all this student debt. Because these Democrats are starting to understand nobody would rightfully, in their right mind, pay for this shit. Mm, that's a good point. I just thought about that going down the road because just this week I heard two or three reports that Biden is just forgiving all kinds of student debt again. Uh, you know, these people that go become career college students for 10 years. Well, what, I mean, what does that tell me? I'm a person who went to, went to college and I had to take out loans and I paid off, I paid off my loans before you and I got married, but I paid them, I, I paid them off. Yes, you had like, to pay them. You were responsible for your debt, right? Absolutely. I would demand reparations. Well, <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, hell, everybody needs reparations for something in their life. It started out with, you know, black people need reparations for slavery, which mm-hmm. is absurd. Right. Well, I guess you need reparations for your college college degree you earned. 
and you had to pay for because that's not fair because now now they don't have to pay for it's them. not fair it's not it's fair. all about being fair it's not fair just a bunch of shits what it is. <laughs> yeah, it is don't send your kids to college send them to trade school yeah. give them something they can do that people will pay for their time and talent yes that an underwater basket weaving and professional napkin folding are not gonna pay very many of their bills in life right not only that you're going you're sending your kid to to a liberal college because even christian colleges are liberal and just to indoctrinate them on woke ideology and when i say woke ideology i'm talking about critical race theory it's everywhere yep and and going to school learning german polka dance history yeah i had a you know some of the dumbest people that i've met in college I got to thinking about this too. Some of the dumbest <laughs> sons of bitches that I met while at Carbondale were political scientists and in the poli sci classes. Yeah. That's where liberalism is. I mean, that is like the conception of li- liberalism right there. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's where the sperm meets the egg is in the poli science classes. <laughs> <laughs> they need to be squashed because political scientists are some of the dumbest people I've ever met. When I would meet a lacking poli-sci- common sense. <laughs> when I would meet a student studying that subject, I'm like, okay, so what do you do? <laughs> what yeah, do you, it's like you get that degree. The afterwards. only thing you could do is go back to school and teach it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- it's one of those degrees. It's like music. Uh, what the hell are you really going to do? Maybe you could join a Philharmonic or- Orchestra and be a conductor or something. Yeah. But beyond that, what are you going to do? Mm. I guess you got to go back to school to teach it to somebody <laughs> who can take that time and talent. <laughs> probably not going to do much with it. It's all based off of philosoph- philosophy. And so well, it's they- a racket's what that's called. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> that's such a good point. You know, I, I charged, um, what was it called? It was called reverse racism when this professor started spitting critical race theory. And I, I went to the dean of this college and I said, I am not listening to this professor tell me how bad I need to feel because I'm white. This was in 2013 over at SIU in Carbondale, and I'll never forget that. And they said, well, we'll do an investigation. I look around, all these students in this class are eating whatever she's spitting. And I'm like, do what? So mind you, I listened to Rush. So I wasn't a typical college student. Like I, I was a deep thought, deep think. Like I, I thought for myself. I didn't let a teacher put in ideologies and then me cabbage onto that. There's that word again. My mom hates that word. <laughs> Cabbaging on. Nothing like, wrong with that. That's a food. That's a food. <laughs> All right, I'll celery onto that. <laughs> Anyways, so I go to this dean and I say, hey, this woman is making me feel bad that I'm white. And they said, well, we'll open an investigation. And then, of course, you know, six months later, they get back with me and say, oh, there was no found in any of your. Of what course you're not. So anyways, I just kind of wrote that off. Because you're the was, problem. Mm-hmm, you're that, the pro- you're the paying customer and you're still yeah, the problem. Yeah. So I guess supposedly they interviewed the students in the class and I'm like, of course not. Like most of them were foreign and <laughs> right. whatever. So anyways, that's my experience with critical sure. theory in college. So what do you want to move on to from here? Well, do you want to talk about how the F- Florida Senate voted this past week? What happened down there? Yeah. So they voted to, <laughs> they passed le- legislation ending Disney's tax privilege, self-governing powers and special exemption status. That saved, Damn. that saved the millions. Did you know that down in Florida and correct me if I'm wrong down in Florida, all you listeners down there. 
I was reading that like Universal Studios hates Disney because Disney gets uh-huh. all of these special tax provisions that make it a hell of a lot easier for them to do business than what Universal does. And it pisses them off. Hmm. Rightfully so. Yeah. Why, if I want to move down there and start a theme park, do I have to pay exorbitant taxes compared to... And Disney. None of them's probably exorbitant being it's in Florida. But, because it's a business-friendly state, but why, what makes Disney so special? I know. And then now, I, you know what... I contend that if Universal goes conservative and says, hey, we are not going to shove trans down your kid's throat while they're walking around this theme park. Yeah. They, they, they will well, you know what, Disney here, take it like this. You want to you want to push all this shit, this transgender, gay, LGBTQ shit. Mm-hmm. Go on ahead. Drive all the straight people away. Uh-huh. Drive them all away. Make it so your theme park is all your customers are nothing but LGBTQ, trans, gay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just do it. You will be broke in one year. There's really not that many people like that out there. Mm -hmm. And you're going to alienate everyone else. I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking, running a business for myself. If somebody said, which I think it's stupid for them to get in the middle of this argument to begin with. I mean, the McDonald's CEO came out yesterday and said, you CEOs of these businesses, you guys are stupid. You know, everybody eats hamburgers. And we want to sell hamburgers to everybody. Yeah. Don't get yourself immersed in all this woke bullshit. Yeah. yeah. And he's exactly right. It's kind of like Michael Jordan coming out years ago saying, you know what? Everybody everybody needs Nike tennis shoes. That's right. Republicans <laughs> wear tennis shoes as well. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. endorse Bill Clinton. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's no reason why all of these corporations, that's what Trump said. You know, you go woke, you go broke. Well, yeah. <laughs> and that's, Everything woke turns to jack. It's going to be interesting to see how disney responds to this you know they're not going to pick up a move i saw that the governor of colorado invited disney to give uh to come there and make you know mountain majesty or whatever (laughs) you know pick your stuff up leave florida and come to colorado we'll give mickey and minnie asylum it's like you got you're an idiot you are an idiot why do you think disney is in california and florida Mm mm-hmm Oh, climate. <laughs> the weather. The weather. It's nice all the time. Because I bet everybody wants to go to Colorado and put on 50 <laughs> layers of freaking clothes. <laughs> to get on a, <laughs> a ride that goes 50 miles an yeah, hour. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Boy, that sounds like fun to me. <laughs> Hell, if I want to do that, I'll just get on my four-wheeler and ride around out here in the country in the wintertime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, real quick, going back to climate since we're kind of on that. Oh, I got a climate stack here. <laughs> Because it's Earth Day and all. Have you seen the chemtrails this past week? Oh, my God. <laughs> and I mean the contour trails. Yeah. Yes, I've seen plenty of them. And you know what happened the day after we saw them? It was cloudy Damn and Damn right. <laughs> Go figure. I can't, help, I can't help. I cannot stop laughing about it because I'm just... People are so ate up with that whole theory. They really are. And I can't say that it's true or false because I'm not a meteorologist. It and means I don't, there's moisture in I'm the not atmosphere. A pilot, <laughs> but every time... And do you know what a cloud is? A natural cloud is moisture in the atmosphere. Every time I saw chemtrails this week, I sent pictures to Ryan. Yeah, I know. I... <laughs> Get ready. It's going to be cloudy tomorrow. <laughs> you know what? So we've been talking about ladders. Now my phone's listening to me. I'm just going to start getting all kinds of chemtrail advertisements. Or contrail, whatever. <laughs> You're really tickled by this, aren't you? Oh, it's just laughable. It's stupid. It's, it's laughable. stupid. It's absolutely stupid. You know, me and Tony were talking about that. You sent me a TikTok of some uh-huh. 
jack wagon out in <laughs> Virginia said it's just always cold here now and every time these jets go over it does nothing but shade the sunshine and just talking about how this spring is so cold and rainy and it's what they're doing and aluminum oxide whatever the hell that is <laughs> Maybe well Tony and I were I, I sent this uh, TikTok to Tony okay I was like I cannot stand people that are this damn stupid and Tony responded, he goes, yeah, I don't think that has anything to do with contrails. Yeah, because I guess the contrails must also make the wind blow out of the north. Yeah. I mean, yeah. to usher in the cold weather. I don't figure that out. But, but Tony did say something that I think that we need to look into at some point. <laughs> he thinks, maybe not on a massive scale, but on a small scale, the government can manipulate the weather through cloud seeding. Have you ever heard of cloud seeding? Yes. See, I don't know. I need to do some research on it. I just I think they call this this conspiracy is called harp maybe. I have no clue. I, and some people see okay, when I first got on Telegram, I ran through some rabbit holes and I'm like, "Wait a second, that is way too much." Now, <laughs> I also prayed, "God, give me some discernment." I mean, Right. <laughs> there's some crap out here and I'm not sure what to believe. <laughs> but, but the Kim drills has got me. It's got me all shook up. It does. I, <laughs> sick of it. I, I would like to do some research and maybe I will here in the next couple of weeks if it yeah. keeps raining. Yeah. Uh, figuring out about this cloud seeding and, and some try to well, find because, studies because, that I can trust. And we spoke to your dad a little bit and he was like, well, yeah, they've done that for years. They've, yeah. they've manipulated. Well, you, you know, know Tony, rain. Tony said to me in our text message, he said, you know, they did this in Vietnam and they, they somewhere along a, a path where they were trying to get equipment or ammunition or whatever, they made it rain so much they couldn't even move. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know. But I mean, I have heard of cloud seeding and these guys trying to make a thunderstorm start or stop. Or I, I just, I don't I'm a pilot, okay? And whenever I'm in my little Cessna 172, you get 5,000 foot off the ground, which, I mean, most of these storms, the big ones, you know, their cloud tops are 30, 40, 50,000 feet for a real big one. Uh-huh. You feel small up there. Even in a big plane, mm-hmm. even in a huge jet, mm-hmm. when you get up to 30,000 feet, you feel really small. I cannot imagine... That even in that big jet, let's say that it's just me and a huge tank of Rainmaker 1000. <laughs> I just cannot imagine I could put anything out there that's going to create a damn thunderstorm. I just don't, I don't see it. You think about <laughs> when they cross, people go crazy. When the chemtrails cross, they just I, go Yeah, nuts. it's like, what, does X mark the spot? No, it's just where water vapor is. You know what's going to be bad is if it does come out at some point <laughs> that the government has been seeding the earth with aluminum 1000 <laughs> rain. Aluminum <laughs> oxide, whatever the hell that is. See, I need to, that was a comment that I saw in that thread. I was like, what the hell's aluminum oxide? Okay. Just sounds awful. <laughs> especially at 30,000 feet (laughs) aluminum oxide is going to kill you everybody i can't imagine i just can't imagine that that is necessarily i don't get it either (laughs) moving on can i move on i got a stack here we haven't even began to touch it i'm sorry oh this being earth go ahead Go ahead. I'm telling you, my wife is losing her shit right now. She is laughing her ass off. Kim trails. Yeah. I mean, come on. They're laughable. I right. mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on here. So this is Earth Day, right? So I had to go out and do some research. Of course, 
as I'm doing some research this morning, doing show prep, what are all the articles are about climate change and the earth is heating. I found some, I found some interesting stuff. Epoch times headline at world bank climate talk speaker floats end of conventional vehicle sales. Nicholas Stern, London school of economics claims world is on track for three degrees of warming. The right thing to do is to move away faster and harder from fossil fuels. He said later adding that making that move entails much bigger capacity for electricity. <clears throat> Where's all this electricity going to come from? I don't know. California has rolling blackouts all the time. <laughs> when it gets to 100 degrees, our local Norris Electric Cooperative asks us to save washing, save washing clothes until nighttime mm-hmm. to turn our uh, air conditioner down to make it a little bit easier on the grid. I bet you if 10 people out here where we live, 10 people got electric cars, that would make a huge impact on on our grid, right? just right here. Oh, for them to try to charge them? Oh, yeah. And everything? I yeah. have no clue. Mm-hmm. I have no clue. I don't know. This is just, these people just think we're freaking idiots. They really do. What about ethanol? Mm. I thought ethanol was going to save the world. It's a clean burning fuel. <laughs> Hell, we produce the hell out of corn. I've, as a matter of fact, I've just hauled a bunch of it this week to an ethanol plant. I got no problem with that. Mm-hmm. So if we get rid of the internal combustion engine, just like this Nicholas Stern said, I, I guess ethanol plants are done. I, these people don't even think about what they're saying. And they're basing all this on quote unquote models. Well, let's once models. again talk about models. How do those COVID models work out? It's a philosophy. Is what Damn it is. right. It's a philosophy. So you saying that brings me right to the next paragraph that I, I, I printed off. I want to read to you guys. Stern chairs the Grantham Research Institute on Climate Change and Economics at the London School of Economics. See, that sounded really big and really fancy, right? Uh-huh. Here's the only part of this paragraph you need to remember. Founded by members of the socialist, <laughs> socialist, did you hear me? Socialist, that's in bold caps, socialist Fabian Society in the 1890s, thanks in part to a bequest from a wealthy Fabian for, quote unquote, and this is actually what Fabian said back in the 1890s, the reason it was founded, the School of Economics, quote unquote, for propaganda and other purposes. Huh. That's a fact. That's a fact. Socialist for propaganda and other purposes. And here we are. Climate change. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, it refuses to warm up in so- until yesterday. It refuses <laughs> to warm up in southeastern Illinois. And I know you guys in Minnesota, Iowa, all you guys up in the Dakotas can agree with me. It's refusing to warm up. And I here's the other thing. We believe in God, right? Yes. I, I, think, I think climate change is a religion and a cult all in its own. I agree But the God that, that yeah. I believed in every single time I exhale... It's CO2. Mm-hmm. I guess by me breathing, mm-hmm. I'm going to contribute to global warming. It's bullshit. <laughs> so, it's laughable too. Since I'm laughable. fair and balanced, there is one side of it, right? Okay. I found another article that's more on the way that I think. So let me read it to you. Okay. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who is a total dipshit. <clears throat> that's not in the... Okay. <laughs> Claims that the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. So, I like what this dude wrote. Let's examine just a few cataclysmic events that exceed 
any destructive power of mankind, and then you ask how purportedly fragile this planet is. Okay, I have never thought this Earth is fragile. Okay. I haven't either. I, I really don't. I that thought. I, I think never... this Earth can heal itself from so much crap. Mm-hmm. Now, can mankind hurt ourselves? Yeah. But to hurt the Earth? No, it's going to just spit at you. And keep right on turning around and around. In 1883, the eruption of Krakatoa Volcano, the present-day Indonesia, had the force of 200 megatons of TNT. That's the equivalent of 13,300 Hiroshima bombs. Dang. Did you know that when Krakatoa exploded, it was so loud they could they heard the initial explosion 200 miles away. Oh, my God. Heard oh it. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Like, everybody that lived in that region was deaf after that. Uh, I, I would Go ha- figure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've never heard of Krakatoa. Yeah. It, it was a huge, huge, huge volcano. In the 1800s. Okay. Yeah. Before that was the 1815 Tambora eruption, the largest, the largest known volcanic eruption. It spewed so much debris into the atmosphere that 1816 became known as the year without a summer. It led to crop failures, livestock death in the norm- northern hemisphere, producing the worst famine of the 19th century. The AD 535 Krakatoa, that is a huge volcano. I mean, it, it's, it's done some damage. The, eight, the 535 Krakatoa eruption had such force that it blotted out much of the light and heat of the sun for 18 months and has said to have led to the Dark Ages. Geophysicists estimate that just three volcanic eruptions, Indonesia, 1883, Alaska, 1912, and Iceland, 1947, spewed more carbon dioxide and sulfur dioxide into the atmosphere than all of mankind's activities during our entire history. These are facts. Like this is, this happens. And God forbid we're sitting here driving around living good lives, being free people in our internal combustion engine powered cars, living as just happy people. I hope that the COT those cars put out plus three of these volcanoes. Oh, we're dead dead <laughs> stupid ass people <laughs> that's great i i love yeah that's great you know there's been just horrible floods throughout history i mean in china a million to two million people have died from floods um i mean back-to-back floods and how about earthquakes i mean we've had 9.5 earthquakes on the richter scale I mean, that's huge. That's that's a force equivalent to like a thousand atomic bombs going off at the same time. Mm. Not one, a mm. thousand. Um, mm. You know, in fifteen fifty fifty six, it, it notes that China had an earthquake that devastated an area of five hundred and twenty miles. Hmm. Think about that. Five hundred and twenty miles. If, if you're standing at the center of the earthquake, draw a, a radius of five hundred and twenty miles around you, and just consider it devastation. Yeah. You know, this guy goes on to write, the Earth faces outer space terror. Two billion years ago, an asteroid hit Earth, creating the Vredfort Crater in South Africa, which has a diameter of 190 miles. Mm. Okay, so imagine, we're right here in Mount Carmel, Illinois. Imagine a meteor hit St. Louis. That meteor would go from st louis to louisville kentucky basically that's how big it was could you Mm. just i can't even imagine that i can't fathom that no i can't either Mm -mm. in ontario canada a meteor strike 1.8 billion years ago 
39 miles long, 19 miles wide, nine miles deep, second largest impact structure on Earth. Virginia's Chesapeake Bay crater is a little bit smaller, about 53 miles wide. Dang. Oh, but listen, our internal combustion engine is going to be the end of this place. <laughs> you know, I was listening to uh, Flashpoint. They had Jesse Duplantis on there. And Jesse, he worked in the oil industry before he became a pastor. And he says, <laughs> he says, you know what? If the United States are the only people doing this whole carbon emissions thing and like trying to be green. Right. It doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make a damn bit of difference. It doesn't make China, a difference, period. India. They're just pumping out everything that's supposedly bad, which I don't really care. Right. Now, Be- that doesn't mean that I don't want clean water to drink. Right. That, that doesn't mean that I think we should put raw sewage into the river and then down, too bad if you're downstream, you just kind of have to <laughs> deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, New Orleans. You're going to have to eat St. Louis's shit, drink it, enjoy it, Ugh. you know. But I mean, you just think about this. Which of these powers that Mother Nature and Space Nature and everything has. What one of those can we as humans even come close to duplicating? Yeah, I don't think, I don't, like, none, no, no. If I told you I want a 9.5 Richter scale earthquake, what are you going to do? I don't. And see, that's that, it, that goes for the same damn thing when it comes to, if I told you in the next 10 years, I want you to raise the sea level by one foot as well as increase the temperature of the earth five degrees, what are you going to do? You can't do that. These people want you to think we are. I know, but you can't do that. Like, that doesn't even make sense. Because by them saying that they think that we can do it, that means that they think that we can undo it. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you right now, if we shut every engine off on the face of this earth and we, we got rid of even electricity and burning coal for power. The earth is going to smile and laugh at us and there's going to be places that's still going to have record heat. And there's going to be places that still have record cold Hmm. and the sun's still going to do what the sun does, which has absolutely nothing to do with humanity. Right. I just, I don't buy any of this shit. Long story short, our earth is not fragile. Earth day is a complete and total joke. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I kind of got aggravated a little bit. Um, Alden came home with a, with a few earth day worksheets. From from our yeah, parochial yeah. school we send him to? Yeah, yeah. I need so. to see those. Well, it's just an earth. And then he like had to trace the word earth day. You know, that was it. Well, that's so. fine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he made a rain stick too. I don't like know. I said, I, I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go pluck some trees out today with my backhoe just to offset somebody that's planting them. Because these people, I mean, they think they're really doing something good. Yeah. Oh, I planted a tree. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Are you going to harvest it in 20 years so that we have lumber to build a house? Yeah, no. Mm-mm. No, they think they're doing something good because trees make oxygen. <laughs> well, I'm glad because I need to breathe. Yeah. But most of our oxygen doesn't come from trees. It comes from algae in the ocean. True story. <laughs> really? Yep. I didn't know that. Yep. Okay. Spit your game. Uh-huh. <laughs> What's next on the list I like <laughs> shit to talk about? <laughs> I like that you were you were so informed about this stuff. Uh, and yeah. confident about it as well. You are. <laughs> um, so did you know that there was like an ISIS trial in the United States? No. Yeah, last week. <laughs> an ISIS trial? Yeah. So well, I thought ISIS was dead and gone. Back in... Okay. But no, we know since Afghanistan's <laughs> withdrawal, they're not dead and gone. Yeah. 
No. Um, back in Obama's administration, do you remember all of those people that were taken and um, they were held captive because they were Americans and then there were some beheadings and then, you know, there was... <clears throat> oh, yeah. A lot of them were journalists, weren't they? Yeah. Like yeah. Daniel Pearl and people like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so they, they recorded their beheadings and stuff. Yeah. So there's this guy and um, <laughs> I don't know, is it's L... L something. It reminds me of Chafe. I don't know. <laughs> Chafing. What? Chafing. Like his name reminds me of Chafing. I don't know his name. Okay. But anyways, he's one of the top top ISIS guys in, in charge of that. And well, he was captured. Um, Kayla Mueller and her parents, I listened to an interview with her parents and she said that if Trump would have been in office whenever Kayla would, had been abducted, that she believes- Now who's Kayla Mueller? Kayla Mueller is one of the Americans over, that got killed. Yes, that had um, yes. Yeah, she, she was, was just tortured. an American contractor over there that they she, mm-hmm. they abducted, mm-hmm. raped her, tortured her, bo- her. Yes, her boyfriend was Syrian, and he witnessed he witnessed all of the the abuse. Um, he watched it happen. Yes, oh. and they let him go because he was a, he was not American. So, anyways, she she eventually. Um, it's hard to talk about. She was executed. Yeah, she. Yeah. So, anyway, so there was a, this so the guy, guy that's in, that's responsible for all this yeah. went up on trial. Then he did in America in Virginia. Okay. In this past week, and nobody reports on that. Nobody reported on it. So I listened to Cash Patel's interview um, in, on Cash's Corner Epoch Times, and he said that Operation Eight Fourteen was named after Kayla Mueller. Um, Eight Fourteen was her birthday. So they had this Operation 814. They captured the guys. One of the guy actually blew himself up, suicide vest or whatever. Coward. Yeah. So they bring back um, two guys to the States after going through some some political stunts from their Britain citizenship. Okay. And one guy went ahead and said, no, I'm guilty. I'm not going to be put on trial. This other guy, I don't know if he pled no content. Uh, no contest or not guilty. I don't exactly know what this guy who reminds me of chafing, like his name reminds me of chafing, pled. But anyways, the jury did convict him on all eight counts, and he faces up to life in prison. He ought to get the death penalty. Um, they had to take that out because Britain would not actually release them to the U.S. unless the death penalty was taken off the table. Well, the victim got the death penalty. Yeah, I know. I don't know. See, like I don't get that. Uh, it, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. What is it? What should be appalling is that this trial was on was not on every single news station in the United States. No, instead, States. we're getting this Johnny Depp bullshit shoved down our throat. Are you tired of that? <laughs> I haven't watched any of it, so I don't really give a rat's. You know what? I but, don't either. Yeah. So, but like, it's so significant because I think that those things need to be replayed in Americans' minds so that you remember how you never grotesque, forget. Yes, you you remember how grotesque Obama's did not go over there. I believe Trump immediately saved like fifty journalists that were held right, in captivity. Right. As soon as he got in office, that was a priority to him. Well, yeah, you know, talk about. This these types of things need to be on the news so we uh, we remember what happened. Mm-hmm. And this is the reason why I'm why I'm <laughs> making a point. It's, to- it's like when the planes hit the World Trade Center. Yeah, we need to see that. Mm-hmm. I, it's it sucks. It's rough to see. But you know what? I don't even know that we know the truth about the nine eleven 
events. Oh, boy. And I know, well, okay, wait. It was a terrorist attack. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying that... I don't know that we know the backstory of the politics involved in it. I don't think that we as Americans know all of the truth. I I find it very hard to believe Republican or Democrat it would be so evil and sinister as to even have an idea that this was going to happen to innocent people, not a military strike, and not say anything, just let it happen. I think there were people who knew that, that there was a threat. Think about the Pentagon. I mean, there was a a, a plane that was close to... I, isn't there a no-fly zone right there? When you hijack a jetliner, which had never happened before. Okay, but how in the world did they not, like, send somebody up to, like, take it down before it got so close? Because it is a civilian airliner. Nobody had ever hijacked a civilian airliner and flown it into something. Okay. Okay. Generally, these people hijacked civilian airliners, uh-huh. had the pilots fly them to some airport, land it. They sit there on the tarmac with their demands, okay. and it's resolved one way or the other there. Okay. Never had somebody taken a plane over. See, and I'm not familiar with all of this. And flown it into a building. Okay. That had never happened. Yeah. So, I... I, I I don't... What a devastating... I, I've seen all the... I, hell, I had... We had a guest over here last summer that says... Uh, yeah, I think that was an inside job. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't believe that. Dude, I like second. you and all, but I, I think that's a really stupid thing to think. So did you hear about Chris Miller going over to Ukraine? Uh, not until this morning when you told me about Do it. Do you know who Chris Miller is? Uh, Department of Defense guy for Trump, right? Yes, he was uh, Trump's secretary of defense. Yeah. He got back from a uh, trip to Ukraine and Poland, and he's saying that he met with high-ranking officials, but... I have a sound clip that I sent you. Would you mind playing it sure, real quick here for we our go. listeners? Okay. Everybody joining us now is former Acting Secretary of Defense, Chris Miller. Chris, you just got back from a very important trip, and I read your notes, some very interesting stuff and some wisdom to provide. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Amanda. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for what you're doing, telling this story. You know, the two biggest takeaways, I went into Kiev, and the two biggest takeaways from the senior leadership there, they had two things. They're like, we'll do the fight, and we just need the weapons and the equipment. And number two, don't forget us. They're really, really concerned that America and the world's going to move beyond and come up, you know, start paying attention to the latest silly thing in Hollywood. And I, I think they have a reason to be concerned as well, but I just appreciate that what you're doing and this show's doing to keep keep the hope alive for them well frankly we've already seen that last week you know the biggest trending stories were about elon musk and twitter so i i I sympathize with the ukrainians feeling like america is all talk and that the biden administration is all talk and that they're not doing enough my concern is that that animosity is going to outlast this conflict even when it's over that they are still going to feel that way about the united states even with the new president you know two years from now is that a concern I was really amazed by the, um, it wasn't hostility, but concern. We had very frank discussions with uh, some 
extremely high-level Ukrainian military and intelligence officials and political officials, and they were frustrated as well. They felt there's a lot of talk but not a lot of action by the United States, and that's why I went over because I I watched the shows and I was hearing uh, retired generals and admirals pontificate uh, ad nauseum, and I said, and before I start speaking out, I need to go over there and actually listen and see what's going on in the ground, and they were frustrated, and uh, that's why I was kind of a little bit taken aback and a little bit saddened as an American, to tell you the truth, but uh, just uh, reaffirmed my commitment to, to making sure that the world knows what's going on over there and how we have to stand up against uh, this tyranny. Okay, so what's significant about that? He wanted to go over there and reaffirm, like, what? Ah, I just... That's Trump's Secretary of Defense. So you think he's out of place for going over there? Okay, so here, there's a thing called the Logan Act. Have you heard of that? I've heard of it. I don't know what it is. Okay, it's a federal statute making it a crime for a citizen to confer with foreign governments against against the entrance interest of the united states it also prohibits citizens from negotiating with other nations on behalf of the united states without authorization to me why in the world is chris miller over there talking to ukraine and giving them confidence like reassuring (laughs) them that his you know he so you consider of course he's not the secretary of, of defense anymore so now he's back to being a civilian. He's a civilian citizen. And he's going over there and talking, talking to, to them. The, I, so did 60 Minutes. So did CNN this past week. They're going over there and talking to them. Is it not significant that he's the secre- the former Secretary of Defense talking with them? What is gets... That, is that not significant? Like, is that not go... Does that not make you scratch your head at all? Well, in a way, because at least whenever CNN's over there or, or 60 Minutes or whoever, Fox, you name it, at least those people over there doing a job like trying to cover a story. Now, whether they tell the stories truthfully or not, that's a whole other discussion. But for a civilian, a former... DOD guy to go over there. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why you would do that. I, I have no idea. Meeting with high ranking officials. Yeah, see, I don't know why you would do that. I'm very. I, hmm. Yeah, don't, don't ask me. It's very interesting. It really is. <laughs> very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my. Uh, I think that's all. That's all I have maybe on my list. I just, if anybody knows or has any idea, I would love to hear your input on it because that is, that is, um, maybe it's not concerning to me, but I'm just scratching my head going, now, wait a second. Chris Miller is Trump's guy. Yeah. And why and is why he, is he over, over there? As a civilian. And then there's this Logan Act that says um, civili- civilians can't go over there without authorization. To discuss matters that directly involve the United States. I don't know, maybe. Maybe maybe Mr. Miller doesn't think that this directly involves the United States because we're not in war with these people. I'm pretty sure all of his stuff would have to be on record still. Like they would have to have his itineraries and all that stuff. Speaking over my head, don't I? Don't, I? Yeah, me, yeah, me too. I'm just speculating. Can't I, say I mean, it. which is what I do all the time. I, but. I have no clue. <laughs> I don't know. What's that? Is that a helicopter? No. Freaking jackhammer. What's this? Is this Aerosmith? <laughs> what is this? 
and gentlemen, it's the transgender <laughs> update theme song. <laughs> Leah Thomas, you're still a boy. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get into some transgender news. Want to? Sure. This one is worth talking about. So there is a uh, prison in New Jersey, all female prison, (laughs) all female. You ready? Mm -hmm. Two prison inmates, all female, two prison inmates have come up pregnant. Well, how could that happen? Everybody that works there is a female. Everybody incarcerated there is a female. Oh, but wait, there's more. A couple, two of the inmates are transgender females. (laughs) (laughs) So they're actually men with like sperm. Men with sperm. Yeah. Men with sperm had relations with women and got them pregnant. Yeah, you can uh, you could take the female out of the male, but you can't take the male out of the female. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> golly! So, anyway, this right here, this is the lunacy that this types of shit leads to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it slaps you right in the face. I, and you know what? Some <laughs> judge or some somebody somewhere. Had to decide, okay, uh, this person identifies as a female, but they're really a male. They got a cock and balls. Um, what prison do we send them to? And somebody said, send them. To the women's prison. <laughs> <laughs> I think I read that there had been complaints of like bullying from these transgender women, right? What do you mean? <laughs> like the fem- the actual biological female uh, prison inmates complained that they were being bullied by these trans women inmates. Re- oh, so the men are actually giving the women hell. <laughs> so they the biological men, yes, are giving the biological women a hard time in prison. And I don't know if the I mean, were these women raped by these trans men? I don't know. I doubtful. No, because the the article said it was consensual. Oh, okay. So that's allowed. I I read two articles of the same overall story, just seeing if one of them had any more information than the other. Yeah, Uh it was consensual. What is the point of a male-only, like a men's-only prison and a female-only prison? Is it this right here? Butt sex. (laughs) Oh, Jeez, Ryan. <laughs> but I mean, like, if we had co-ed prisons, what would happen? I good question. This right here. Yeah, yeah. It would just be a yeah. Just be have pro- some babies being born. Procreating. Yeah. <laughs> that, I just that that right there, I, I just found it so funny. So it but how do you cake. like how do you like our new transgender <laughs> update theme song? Yeah, reminds me of Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It does remind you of Mrs. Doubtfire, doesn't it? Yeah. Because this, mu- this music was on that movie. Yep. Which we watched earlier this week. And, you know, even in, in a movie as good as that one and as innocent as that one, there were things said in that movie yeah. that, man, yeah. you would never say today. Mm-mm. It just, <laughs> you know, about, he made fun of gays at one point. Hell, what was it? That one point got on the bus and. The bus driver's flirting with him. <laughs> him, her. Yeah. The original transgender movie, Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, man. And it was all just a joke back then. And what, it was so risque. I remember my mom being in the South. She's like, I don't know that I love this this uh, movie because it 
shows that these these gay men it was the most the gay men actually making his mask and making his body <laughs> like that was the most most risque part of that movie back then in the back 90s then. yeah and now it's just normal everyday stuff yeah that it's so mild it's <laughs> or they so, want it to be everyday stuff it's so mild compared to what it what it is sure now, but sure yeah anyway. that's just so funny that you know whenever Miss Doubtfire went over to babysit for the first time uh-huh. and had to go to the bathroom and the kids are in the other room and he's standing there taking a piss and oh, the kids yeah. hear it and they're like, what? <laughs> he's a she, 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 he, she, he, <laughs> she. Oh, and you know that happens in high schools now everywhere. Yeah. Cohen, Cohen really enjoyed that movie. He laughed a lot during oh, that Oh, he movie. did. He's like, I don't like movies very often. This one's got my attention and it's really funny. Yes. <laughs> Like, yeah, because they don't make movies that are funny anymore. Right. <laughs> Can't joke about stuff. So uh, some other big news this week in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trump appointed judge down in Florida repealed the mask mandate on Ooh, airplane. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody's happy about everybody's that. happy about that. Except for the DOJ. <laughs> are you sure it's not the, the Biden Department of Justice is he's going after it to to appeal it. It's Appeal not the, the health health secretary. No, it's the Department okay. of Justice is going to try Biden's Department of Justice. Mm-hmm. Biden's Biden's, as in the liberal Democrat, yes. as the senile bastard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to try to appeal it and make it so that you have to wear masks on an airplane. They're going to lose. They're going to lose. I mean, hell, you watch it, sucky socky, every single time she gets on the. Uh, on the TV in their yeah. press briefing, mm-hmm. everyone in there, not a damn person wears a mask anymore. Right. And they're all shoulder to shoulder. So what the hell? <laughs> well, that's what Ducey, I'm pretty sure, posed that question to Saki this past week. Yes, he and did. Said, said, you know, we can sit here shoulder to shoulder without a mask on. Why can't people sit shoulder to shoulder in a plane? For sure. For sure. Yeah. That, or, and, or a it's train. a legit question. Mm-hmm. You know, I was listening to Mike Gallagher this week, and he, as he was elated, and, and he flies a lot, and he was joyful that he doesn't have to wear a mask, or it's not, you know, not mandatory. Mm-hmm. He posed a question. I'm going to pose it to you. Okay. So let's say that now the mask mandate has been repealed. You get on this flight, and you sit down in your seat, and naturally you're shoulder to shoulder with some, let's say, old woman, some 90-year-old woman, and she's wearing a mask. And the reason is because maybe she has some pre-existing medical conditions that she's trying to protect herself. She's on her way. She's flying somewhere to go see family or something like that. Mm -hmm. She politely asks you, you know, of my age and I have these certain uh, health criteria that this scares me. Would you mind to wear a mask? Would you? No, I wouldn't. You'd? I wouldn't. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. I thought it was a great question. Because Mike's stance is, is just because the mask mandate has been repealed does not mean we can't be courteous. I, I don't call it courteous. I call it common sense. The mask doesn't do anything. Sure, but if, yes. I Okay, let's here's... Say it's here's an, let's, let's even say it's an N95, and she's got one, a brand new one to give you. Would you put it on? No, sir. No, sir. You'd say, GF, no, Grandma. I wouldn't say that. I would say I respectfully <laughs> decline your 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 request. Okay, I so you're saying it in a politically correct way. I'm yeah. saying it in the way you really mean it. GF, Grandma. Oh well, listen to me. Listen to what I did. I went and visited your grandma in the hospital. They asked me to put on a mask, and I said, "No, I don't need one." She said, "Oh yes, you do." And I, she said, "Can I hold your flowers while you put that on?" And I said, "You know what? 
no, I'm, I'm actually okay. I'm okay. I grabbed the mask. Sure. She asked me to grab the mask and she said, and it was well, probably one of those on. shitty paper ones, right? It was. Yeah. yeah. And they're all sitting there. Like I could, I, I think I touched 20 just trying to get one because they're all tangled up together, whatever. So I just hold it in my hand and I've got my flowers and she said, well, you're in the hospital. You need to put one on. And I said, I'm actually okay. Thank you so much. Well, you're in the hospital. You need to put it on. And I said, that's okay. Where's room 201 or 102 right. or wherever I was going? And I just walked on. I wasn't disrespectful at all. I just declined the what her You claimed demands. your freedom. Absolutely. I don't have to wear one. I'm <laughs> not going to. But that's a hospital. To. That's not your house. If we tell you to wear a mask, you have to wear a mask. No, that's not actually the case. It's oh, not it's not? the case. No. Okay. We live in a free America. And I have... The common sense variant. <laughs> and I am not going to put a mask in. And I didn't put one in whenever I was there or put one on when I was there. I didn't put one on when I walked out. I didn't put one on when I was talking to your grandma and visiting. No way. I didn't. Yeah. I don't have to. Yeah. And so, they can't make me. <laughs> they well, can't so, make me. So back, back to Mike's question. But this woman was an older woman, and I was going to see your elderly grandmother. Well, she okay, and you're in our hometown, right? Yeah. There's not a damn person in this hometown that doesn't know what I've said about the health department and all the health department. All them people are cronies. <laughs> they don't know me, though. They, they know, only know- <laughs> guilt by association. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. But back to what Mike said, it's a great question. You're not mandated to wear it. You don't have to wear it. But some grandma who has pre-existing conditions, it would make her feel better. She's going to give you the mask to put on for this two-hour flight, and you're just saying, Grandma, no. Yeah, like I said, it doesn't mean you still can't be courteous. Grandma, do you realize that those masks actually cause more harm in your body than it does good? Protecting your, quote, protecting your body. So instead of just telling Grandma no, you would tell her no and argue with her about why she's I'm stupid gonna, for wearing one? I'm not going to argue with her. I am going to respectfully disagree with her and decline her suggestion of me putting one on. Sure. I don't know what I would do. You don't? I don't. Okay. And I'm just talking from a courteous standpoint. You know, a woman, if she looks like a woman that's paid her dues in life and she's, she's done the best she can as an American, she's just trying to get across the country to go visit her, her sister. If she wants to have a conversation, you honestly know what I would do. Yeah. If I was sitting in a plane right now and she says, here's this mask, I would I would really r- like it if you put it on your face. I would say, you know what? Let me tell you about Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, me, there's nothing wrong with that either. Let me tell you about his his the immune system that he gave us. I mean, come on. Okay. It is good stuff. It's good stuff. You see and why this is a good question. We have, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you do you, babe. If you feel like you need to put on a mask for grandma, I honestly can't imagine that you would walk into that hospital like I did last week and put a mask on, visit with your grandma with a mask on, and then walk out of the hospital with a mask on. I can't imagine that you'd do that, and I feel like this is the same thing. And why? And the, those the hospital is trying to mandate it. Grandma's not trying to mandate it. She's just asking. There's a big difference. Well, they were just asking me to put it on. No, they were trying to mandate it. No, she asked me multiple times to put it on. Okay. Thanks for asking. Exactly. No. Exactly. Yeah, see, I mean, like, I I, I don't know. I, I could think of different scenarios. I remember after one school board meeting, one of the members walked up to me and actually very nicely said, thank you for wearing your mask. I have a few pre-existing conditions. 
Now, the reason I wore the mask was not necessarily for that person's health. It was more because I was trying to play the politics game, and I wanted to get something passed, and yeah. it was bigger than the mask. You right. know. Speaking of At school board, hey, mm-hmm. we, have a, we have an announcement that will be coming up. Uh, maybe discussed, don't know. Remember that consensus about the moment of silence before school board meeting? Monday yeah. night, Yeah, we'll find out what the consensus was. Okay, so we'll give an update on next week. Next week, we'll have yeah. the update on the District 348, Mount Carmel, Illinois School Board, uh-huh. what the consensus among the school board is as to whether or not we should have a moment of silence. We're not talking five minutes. We're talking 10 or 15 seconds before or after the Pledge of Allegiance, but before the meeting starts. Mm-hmm. And... I know that I said yes. I think that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. And Susie says yes. She thinks that's a good idea. We will see how what the happens? rest of the board votes. So, and I will bring it to you, and we will talk about that next week. Is there anything else on your list? So you asked me a question if I had ever heard about the two thousand mules, right? Yeah, I've been hearing more and more about this movie or documentary, Two Thousand Mules, Dinesh D'Souza. Uh huh. And it's, is it out yet? It's not out yet. I okay. believe it's May, May, early May. Okay. Um, so <laughs> it really sounds could, like this is going to be worth watching. Yeah. And I'm signed up for the updates and stuff. And so we'll get all of that stuff. What? <laughs> so you had somebody contact you about the actual movie and say, Hey, have you heard about this? And you're like, no, I haven't heard about yes, it. Yes, Jeremy from Panama city. And asked. then I'm like, Oh my gosh, I've heard about this since March. <laughs> Where have you been, Ryan? <laughs> so what I think has happened is I get in my telegrams and I've and I've gone down some rabbit holes and I've <laughs> just stopped sharing what I've what I learn on there unless it's like a super interesting like there's only a few people where I take their word as gold. That's Cash Patel. That's Dan Scavino. Ryan know, that's, Peter. That's Trump. <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> By the way, Truth Social is, I finally got on. Finally. I did. I'm waiting. I rolled my eyes when I typed in Miss Bushels and Barrels. Like You I, can surely change it. I can, but. Uh, change it. What a Jesse. To whatever. Anyways, I'm on Alden's Truth Social mom. Now. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> So anyways, well, that's how you can find them is because the whole bushels and barrels thing. So I'm keeping mine whenever I'm on. I'm going to be bushels and barrels. I know. I know. If Elon Musk gets his Twitter deal done, Uh I might join Twitter just to be bushels and barrels. Okay. (laughs) I actually kind of thought about joining Twitter right now to see if I could get kicked off. Oh, you would for sure. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. But you know what? You might have such a small voice on there because you don't have any followers. It might not matter. But the more we advertise it via TikTok, Mm -hmm. via this podcast, it's hard telling where it could end up. That's true. That's true. So 2000 Mules is about the data behind all of the drop boxes. And I've listened to a few interviews. Um, The best interview that I did listen to was with uh, True the Votes, Catherine and Greg. And I can't recall their last, Inglebrook maybe, their last names. But um, they were with True the Vote, and they are the ones who actually did the data mining for the geolocations on the phones. Oh, okay. So what... See, now that is a whole other thing right there. Yeah, so... The geolocations and how all that works. Okay. So the best way I can describe it, I worked for a bank. We did a platform switch, meaning we were looking for a total HR system that took care of time clocks, that took care of HR benefits, that took new hires through all of their new hire paperwork, all the things. So whenever we did that... um, You have hourly employees who need to clock in and out. The way you could set up geo tracing or geo, uh, a geo track. 
geolocation service. Or yes, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm sorry. Geolocation service for their time for their time card. So whenever someone has the app on their phone, you can allow them to not clock in. Like with the traditional time card yeah. punches the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They can do it on their cell phone, but they their can, cell phone has to be close or in the building or something like that. If you wanted it turned on, you could only... You could only they could only clock in once they got like within a foot of the building. Okay. So it knows that that phone is within a foot of the building, and now they can clock in. But if they're outside in their car, it won't allow them to. So clock I can't in. go sit at Bush Stadium. Yes. Sucking down a cold Budweiser, watching yeah. the Cardinals play, and clock in to work mm-hmm. because it, I'm not close to the building. Mm-hmm. Okay. We ended up not turning that on because we had people who went to different locations, so it would almost be counterintuitive. But um, so that is the best way that I can explain geofencing or the geolocation. Every phone has an ID, and that phone is traced no matter what. So what True the Vote did is they bought these this these phone IDs in certain locations that had drop boxes and they mined the data down to this device, individual phone. this individual device was in this drop box, box location 15 times during the voting season. The voting season. season. <laughs> yeah. You mean election like, day. No, it was the voting season because remember you had mail-in voting, you had drops. Oh, that's you can, right. You can get your vote in the mail and then you can go drop it off somewhere. Okay. Okay. Um, so there you're was. Ma- I know what you're doing here. You're making an argument for ballot harvesting and, and ballot stuffing. And that's exactly what they did, except they have the data out there. And then you, didn't you and say then, also, they uh-huh. took those exact same phones. Those exact same IDs, so uh, AKA those exact same people. Yes. And compared it to how many times that phone visited this drop box before election season. Yes. To see if there was any consistency. Right. If this person actually visits this exact location 20 times within one month, that's probably something that they're, they do on a regular basis, right? Right. Their job or whatever. Yeah. But if they do not visit that location... Within 10 inches of that location, within 10 inches of that location, like that's pretty precise. That's very precise. <laughs> so then um, they they take a few months before the election and then they take a few months after the election season. To see if there's any consistency. To see if there's consistency. They, they mine that data. They have footage, video camera images of all of these people. And that's why it's called 2,000 mules. They have at least 2,000 mules. People. Right. Ballot mules. But they also have, so, so you have the data that's off this individual cell phone saying every day they're visiting this Dropbox 15 times. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> With fake, fake ballots. <clears throat> yeah. For sure. Yeah. You know, that's what it is. I saw, I saw, <laughs> I saw footage of a woman who actually took a stack of ballots, getting ready to put it in a Dropbox. She realizes there's no signatures on the ballots, takes them back to her car, signs them. You see her flipping through all of these ballots inside of her car. And she's signing every one of them, flipping it over, signing the next one, flipping it over, and then walking back to the ballot box and putting them in. But Chuck Todd said right after the election, there has never been a more secure election than 2020. BS. Yeah. Because not yes. only do you have this geo-reference data, you also cross-reference it with actual surveillance cameras at these places mm-hmm. that shows the same person 
dropping off bundles yep. mm-hmm. of ballots multiple times and you know what they didn't even they didn't even drill down to the people that visited that place you know two and three times they only they only drilled down to because there's so much data they only drilled down to people who have been there you know like 12 plus times so not 11 plus times not 10 plus times yeah only so you're not even plus. counting those people right Right. This is what's unbelievable. And let me and they did all this shit. They did all this fraud right Mm -hmm. here that we're just talking about. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, they still had to shut down counting in the middle of the night because Trump was still winning. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That's just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And and once again, folks, you don't have to do this in every single county of every single state. Mm-hmm. You just got to know the right counties to do it in. Exactly. To make sure the electoral vote ends up going for mm-hmm. Biden or your candidate. Mm-hmm. Right. Let me tell you what I think. I think that Trump and his team and people, important people, know everything. And they, they knew this is, a long time ago. And they knew this a long time ago. Because remember, <laughs> anytime we see a movie coming out, I mean, come on. They have the documentary that came out prior to that. And then they had, you know, a book written about it prior to that. And then you actually had the instance. It's kind of like a dateline. It's kind of like a timeline yeah. of a dateline. Yeah. Yeah. Like all of the information is out there. And then, boom, there's a movie. Yeah. Like if, there, if Dinesh D'Souza is making this movie... The people that needed to know already know. Yeah. Like it's old news. It's just getting it out to the public. Opening your eyes to see. So two a more fun, lighthearted note. Two thousand mules. Yes. Is, and and I can't I can't wait to actually see yeah. all of it. All of it. We had this discussion earlier this week on a more fun, yeah. lighthearted note. Okay. Remember when movies were good? Oh. And do you remember like you'd yeah. be sitting there watching TV on a Tuesday night? And instead of commercials about how awful Roundup is and who the best <laughs> lawyers are, they would actually have what they called movie trailers that mm. they, that was an advertisement they played, you know, during the commercial break of whatever, you know, watching Full House. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. They played movie trailers to try to entice you to go to the theater to watch a movie this weekend. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Oh, yeah. It wasn't too long ago. I remember one of the best trailers that I ever saw was like for Transformers, the first one that came out, which yeah. wanted me to, I wanted to go see that movie. <laughs> right. Like, do they even have those anymore? I think they have previews, yeah. They still do? Yeah. But they're not on the television. That's what I'm asking. I don't know. Or am I just not watching the right stations? I mean... I think that it's... I think it might be because of the Netflix and the Hulus and the Amazon Prime. I think it's just a changed... I think it's a whole... Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Right now, they have this thing called DirecTV Cinema where I think that you can buy a movie that is currently being played in the theater. I don't know. You can sit in your living room and watch it. Yeah, I don't know. So... Interesting. Yeah, I don't know either. Interesting. Well... I think that whole industry is dying because movies are terrible and they're not funny anymore. <laughs> well, they're not allowed to be funny. <laughs> no. If you go out and watch Ms. Doubtfire today, they're like, oh man, you wouldn't see that in the movie. I know. Or Sandlot. We watched Sand, a little bit of Sandlot. Those two movies were, they're just classic movies. Yeah. And you just wouldn't see that in a movie today. Like, Well, and some of the stuff that like is legitimately funny now is PC incorrect. Mm-hmm. 
and of course they don't put that in movies anymore. Well, that's the shit that makes them funny. It's like, it's like comedians. Mm-hmm. Comedians aren't funny anymore. No, all they do is make fun of people who actually have a sense of humor. <laughs> Honestly, and it's all PC that's driven. True. That's true. And then they and then they dox you or cancel you. Yeah, I mean, cancel Stephen Colbert. What a piece of shit that guy is. And he is not funny at all. He's got what they call a comedy show late night every night. He doesn't say anything funny. All he does no. is bash Trump people, bash Republicans. Mm-hmm. That's all he does. And it's just not funny. I, I mean, and I'm all about a good Republican joke. I'm all about a good Democrat. I'm just all about good jokes. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. I can make fun of me. Dude, yeah. if you make fun of me and you do a good job of it, I'll join you. Sure. You know. Okay. I got what you're saying. No, I just kind of wonder about how come there's no trailers for movies anymore. I remember as a kid. Top Gun, whenever it was just starting to come into theaters, they did trailers on that all the time while you're watching your regular show on TV. It was just awesome. But I guess they had to because you didn't have, like you just said, Hulu and and Netflix and all mm-hmm. these places to mm-hmm. go watch. Your options of watching something on a screen was either at a theater or the four channels you got on TV unless you lived in town. Mm-hmm. And then you only had 30 channels on TV called cable. Right. So, yeah, all right. Yeah, it's just different. I think the industry's changing, and I I think it's already changed. And I don't know where <laughs> where theaters, movie theaters, are going to be at. Well, in the throwback. I remember going to Target when Target was in Mount Carmel, and they sold cassette tapes of music. I bought CNC Music Factory there. Uh, what is that? What Everybody is- dance now. Yeah, okay. I bought that on cassette tape, <laughs> and then and then cassette tapes went away, but then CDs came in. Is there, do they even still sell CDs? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Does Eastland Mall oh, yeah. over in Evansville, does it still have like a disc jockey or I something don't think like so. that where you can go in and buy a CD? If it does, I don't know of it. I don't know of it. And it's all because it's digital now. But it's I all know on that, your phone. You, I know you can go into Best Buy or Walmart and buy a, a yeah, an album. You still can. Yes, absolutely. I'll be damned. Yeah. And right now, I there's a, um, there's a market for records, you know, vinyl. Vinyl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you can still get those. Maybe right. have them converted or have them made or whatever, but I'll I do damn. know there's there yeah there's a market right. for that. The good old days mm, when everybody wasn't so offended. <laughs> no shit. <at> everything. <laughs> the way I raised my kids. Right. The, the I had way sh- I cleaned my towels. I had a Chevy Camaro <laughs> back whenever I was a. You know, I still can't believe that. I know. I don't know why I got a, a 16 years old. That was my first. Not a truck. I had to get that Chevy Camaro. <laughs> I had car fever. I had vehicle fever, and the first one that mom and I found, I had to have that one. Well, anyway, I had a cassette tape player in it, you know, uh-huh. and I had Tupac Machiavelli. <laughs> and the first time I put that brand new, and those were like nine ninety nine, which is a hell of a lot of money for me back then when you're only making three bucks an hour. Yeah, working for dad, chopping horse weeds out of beans. <laughs> I bought Machiavelli. I put that damn tape in there, and it ate it. <laughs> Oh, like I, I got the tape itself out and I had to, t- I could not get the rest. You know, the tape was wound up inside there. I'd oh, take scissors man. and cut it out. Oh, oh I was sick. make you sick. <laughs> you just wasted all that money. Yep. And I think that was right when it, cause I hadn't bought a CD player yet. And that was right whenever I went to CD It's like, screw that. Mm-hmm. That ain't going to happen with the damn CD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I just got to be careful and scratching it. <laughs> yeah. And then you had a five, five disc changer in your trunk. He's driving around. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Big See, timing. My friend first car had a uh had a vhs uh, not vhs oh my gosh it had the cassette player and a cd player oh you had dual i had both holy oh, cow yeah. oh yeah that is good mm-hmm. that is good 
Oh, man. You know what? Maybe next week we'll have a nostalgic section of the program where we can go back about the old days, you know, growing up and let some of these kids that's listening know that, you know, Uh used to be, you didn't even have a phone whenever you were out and about. No. Unbelievable. We could go on forever, though. We could. I think I probably need to cut it short. Or cut it short. I think I probably need to get out of here. actually go do something yeah (laughs) guys thanks so much for joining us we're glad you showed up today on friday (laughs) hey who's still a boy leah leah thomas is still a boy she you were born an american (laughs) don't forget to be one you guys have a great weekend can't wait to see you next friday adios